Did, wait, did you, did you, that's what I was going to ask you. Did you, oh. speaking of Back to the Future, did you watch uh, Totally Killer? Yes. You didn't like it? Did you see my review on Letterboxd? No, I hadn't looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you, you say? I was like, we get it. Y'all loved the 80s. <laughs> like, we get it. I'm over it. There were a couple lines that were funny. I know, there but were. But I was just like, like this, and then what was it, 8-Bit Christmas, and then oh, that's a I feel good like one. there was... I know, but I'm just saying, like, it's... I feel like we get one a year where someone either goes back in time or they're reminiscing to the 80s. Well, and, and that's... And I think I'm getting sick of it. Yeah, but that's... Think of all the movies in the 80s that reference 50s. That's the well, same that's time saying. frame. I know. And I'm I, just saying. I almost had mom talked into watching that last night, and she chose Haunted Mansion instead, which was awful. <laughs> Ew. No, I don't even want to know how it was. I can't even imagine. Like, no, no. It's like I couldn't decide what kind of movie. Because I was sitting there thinking, this should be like, this should have the feel of Ghostbusters. And it and it didn't. I don't know who the audience is for this movie. I think it was eight-year-old boys, maybe? Maybe? And, how disappointing. And so it just, yeah, it was just nothing to it there was silly at times and then other times very serious and then not scary enough and then other times wow that's a little too scary and mm. i don't know <laughs> too many things wait have you finished usher no not yet how many episodes do you have i think i've i still got i think i'm only on episode five. Oh my goodness i, I, I... missed i'm i lost ground this weekend it's the second to last episode for me. I love, I mm. love that one. That one's my favorite. It's it's good. It's very. It feels very much him, Mike Flanagan, mm -hmm. um, without the extremely long monologues. Yes. There's there's a there, few monologues, but it's at least the camera couple. is moving in, mm -hmm. and there's like some movement to it, so it feels a little yeah. different. Um. But yeah, it's 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 good. Yeah, I love I love that one. It's Oh, it's my favorite of his. Wow. He did such a good job. And he stuck the landing, which is Oh, good. Hard. Yeah. For a horror. And I've heard it's not I mean, it's a complete story. There's yes. no no reason to keep going. So, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm well, looking forward to it. Yeah, that one's good. And then, what was I? Oh, I just showed um, Jay last night Crazy Stupid Love because he had never seen it. Mm. Okay. I thought you liked that one. Oh, I'm sorry. I I interpreted that as Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, oh, Whoa. brother. No, Crazy no. Stupid Love. Yeah, that's a, wow, That's it's been a long time since I've seen that. But yes, that's a great movie. Great, great movie. Oh my gosh, it's so good. We were watching it, and we it gets to the part because she like some of it's so cringy where the young daughter is like trying to hit on the dad. Oh yeah, kind of. Some of that, that stuff like is I it was uncomfortable back then. It's even worse now. I was like, but overall, it's still very good. It still holds up. I love it. It's I just love good. Steve. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good movie. It's been a, I need to revisit that. It's been a long time since I've seen that. <laughs> I think it's about to leave Max. So you have. 
Oh, really? To get on that. Yeah, probably won't. <laughs> it's not going to happen. We're getting close to Christmas. That's all we're going to be watching soon. Seriously. Yep. <laughs> We've been watching the newest season of Welcome to Wrexham. Trying to oh, yeah. go through all those. Just It's a great, sh- great show. You should be watching mm-hmm. that. I don't know. I can't, like... I've watched, I think, three episodes. Of the first season? I don't know season? what it is. Yeah, and I can't... I don't know what it is that I don't like about it. Hmm. Maybe it feels too much like Ted Lasso or something. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. But it's it's true life, and it's just amazing what they've done with it. it what's cool is what they talk about this season is their acquisition of the Wrexham football team also included the women's football team which they've never talked oh, about okay. before. And so they spent yeah. a whole episode unpacking all of that and then the disparity between them and the men's, but how yeah. they're doing incredibly well and they're probably going to get promoted as well. And And I feel like they come back to them later on in the season as well. So it's just cool. It's like them acknowledging that and that they're a part yeah. of this whole organization and this whole resurgence in the community. And it was like, good for you. Good, good yeah. going. Very cool. Yeah. Let's get going. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Duking It Out. Hello. My name is Hannah. I'm here with the co-host. Hi, I'm Stacy. My dad. Um, This is the podcast, once again, where we're just talking everything pop culture. Um, Last time I assigned us... Little Women, which is what we will be discussing in this episode, and then we'll get into what's making us excited. And then Dad's going to give us what we will be talking about next time, which I have a feeling I know what it is. And if it's not what I think it is, I'm going to be a little upset. We'll get to that later, though. Um, that is hilarious. You need to write it down on a piece of paper. <laughs> I've been, I'm going to write it down right now. While you're doing that, speaking of Little Women, have you seen the first still that was dropped from the new movie, uh, Disney Snow White, with all the little, the little people around her that they're not calling dwarves, because it's not correct, and they shouldn't even no. be. It's weird looking. It's like. Well, and I feel like they didn't even cast. I feel like I read somewhere that they didn't cast little people. They they didn't and. I mean, and now I mean, they're upset that like those roles weren't given to them. You know, I don't know. Well, I've it's read it's, so many controversial things about that movie. It's Ugh. weird. It's like they they don't even. It's like they're not dwarves. It's like they're they look trollish or something, and they're or some like hobbits. Kind of, because some of them are tall, some of them are short, so they're not going like mm. for little people dwarves. They're just going That's for. Funny weird looking it's like they have masks on or something even with big gigantic heads it's the weirdest looking thing yeah i'll have to look up that picture you just have to look up that picture horrible oh yeah um i'm not looking forward to it i it just feels like a bad idea all around yeah but that's disney snow white that they're calling are they called 
they're not even calling it Snow White. Aren't they calling it like what? Well, are they? Are they, I thought they were shortened I, it like maybe Snow or maybe it's I just Snow White. I'm completely tuned out of Disney right now. Everything yeah. that they're putting out right now is insane. Maybe it's just Snow White. They should name it Snow White and the weird-looking trollish people. <laughs> Write them an email. I'm not sure that would make people want to go see it. But anyway, speaking of that, we're talking about um, Little Women anyway, today. <laughs> anyway, um, we are talking about 2019's Little Women, directed by Greta Gerwig, which I'm going to say this after having no other... Um, I have not read this book. I haven't seen any other iteration. Are you serious? Of this li- literally none, and I really don't want to. I was thinking about watching like the Winona Ryder and Susan Sarandon uh, '90s one, but I think I've seen that one. I don't think I've seen the Elizabeth Taylor version in the '50s. Oh yeah, definitely '60s. Not. But that's supposed to be a classic as well. I'm sure. I'm sure they're all good. It's just Greta the way. I just find Greta to be, like, otherworldly in the way that she is able to humanize characters. Or, like, make everyone completely three-dimensional with flaws, but then she also makes you still love them. Right. I just love this movie so much. Well, that was going to be one of my questions. If you had read the books, either either Little Women or the sequel, More Little Women, uh, that the movie is based on. That was a joke. But it's also like so, it used to be two books, and then they put it into. I know, one. I know. So, it used to be two books. That was my joke. But I was going to see. I was going to find out. Tell if I couldn't tell if you were joking. I was like, I'm not even going to give a reaction. Little women, <laughs> little women. The return of little women. <laughs> that one's better. <laughs> little women oh expanded and revised. Anyway, I was hoping that you had read it so that you could tell us like what things that Greta had added or to the characters or did she flesh them out or what? I've done a lot of research. Okay, good. About it. Good. And when this movie first came out, that is when my hyperfixation began and my obsession began because I freaking loved this movie when it came out. Um, I, I could not get over how much, I love this movie in 2019. So I knew a lot about it going in, and then I was re-listening to some of her, like, interviews and stuff. And then Katie's read it, so I was asking Katie. Oh, she has. Um, But she she read it, you know, in, like, high school or something, so she wasn't completely sure. Like the, but, like the whole thing? Like the cause, – because I uh-huh. think – I feel like this the is the first – Okay, the full thing. So I feel like this is the first Little Women movie that's been based on – both books, right? Yes, and the way... Okay, so... What has been explained to me is all of the, like, present... Or not, I guess I don't know what present would be, but the orange-filtered, like, uh-huh. young years. Right. That's book one. Right. And then book two is all, like, the winter, cooler, when blue she's, filter. When she's an adult publishing. When she's an adult and she's, like, trying to get this book published and... Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, so I think, so you haven't read the book? For some reason, I totally I, thought you had. I have not. I have I have not. Me neither. Uh-uh. But 
I was listening to um, different interviews with Greta Gerwig, and I was um, she like wrote um, an article for Vanity Fair talking about this one section of the script, and it was near the end where um, Joe, Amy, and Meg uh, were there like going through Aunt March's house. Mm-hmm. And they're coming out, and she's like, "Well, I just don't know if I'm still a writer, and I don't know, like, I'm writing something about our lives, but that's not something that people write about." And Amy is like, "Well, write about it, and it'll be important. Right? It's, it's not the other way around." And so Greta was talking about how that was kind of like her thesis for this movie. It's like, I'm gonna make a movie about women doing all sorts of things because anything a woman does is important Hmm. and we need to just highlight that which i just love i love how she is able to create all of these very important lives even though they're different and show how like it doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're doing it and you're living your life i freaking love her right she's so great and i and i think that was the question about it because some of the some of the conversations felt so modern and so not not to yeah. the point that it didn't fit the 1800s 1800s yeah um maybe 1700 was it the civil war civil war okay so 1700s so no, neither 18 so yeah 1800 so <laughs> we don't we don't read these books and we don't know our history <laughs> So there we go. So I just want to point out you don't know it. I knew it. 1800s. Uh, you were hesitating. You had to really think about it. <laughs> no, I didn't. So anyway, um it still it it still felt a part of that that culture, but at the same time I remember watching it going, "Wow, did now is that a is that a Greta Gerwig Gerwig influence right there or is that from the books?" Or or what? Okay. Okay, see, the majority of it is verbatim from wow. the book. That is amazing. That she, it's incredible because I even, um, I think it was yesterday I was listening to her talk with, um, I can't remember what news thing she was on, but she was like, yeah, I read Little Women when I was young, when I was like 15. That was the last time I had read it. And then when I turned 30, I reread it. Because I knew Sony was wanting to make it into a movie and I wanted to do it. And so I reread it after 15 years and had just like, I didn't remember the majority of it. All I really remembered was the young years. But then we get to them being older and they have all of these super wise and it feels like such modern things huh. they're saying. Wow. And so a lot of it's from that. But then she also became obsessed with Louisa May may alcott and like read all of her letters that she would write to other people and people would write back and so she read all this correspondence between her and her friends so even some of those letters make it into the movie interesting just to make it completely about alcott right which i just found fascinating and i wish i could have like her screenplay and how she like I want an annotated version annotated. of Little Women by Greta Gerwig. That would be amazing. That's cool. But I was also... So, 
We have Saoirse Ronan who plays Joe. We have Emma Watson who plays Meg. Say say Joe's um, name again. Saoirse Ronan. Okay, I just that is how you say it. Don't know how to say it. <laughs> Saoirse. Um, we have Emma Watson as Meg. Florence Pugh is Amy, and Beth is played by Eliza Scanton. Marmy is Laura Dern. And Lori is Timothy Chalamet, which I feel like even now that's still an all-star cast. It's just the perfect casting for everyone. Yeah. I loved it. Um, but with Florence Pugh spe- specifically. She leaped she was, off the screen with this movie. I literally, like, she, it's funny because um, I think the day before she started shooting Little Women, it was two days after she had wrapped Midsummer with okay. Ari Aster. Uh-huh. And I read something where she was like, yeah, I uh, looked at Little Women as my therapy. So <laughs> I could just kind of like decompress off of like what I had to do for Midsummer, which, yeah, that sounds about right. But she was even talking about how when she was still shooting Midsummer, she was um, having calls with Greta and then she'd have calls with Sersha. And Sersha was like, oh, yeah, like. Some of it can be kind of grueling, like some of these um, filming days, like it can get kind of hard to do. <laughs> and Florence was like, what do you mean? How hard could like it's just little women? Like, what are you talking about? Right. And she went back to her script, which, again, is just Greta is just so fantastic because she has such a vision and she knows exactly what she wants and she won't let that slide. Like, she will get what she needs. And in the script, I guess, there would be times where, like, two characters are on the same line, which means that they would have to talk at the exact same time and make sure that you're not, like, overpowering someone else or you would have to interject, like, halfway through a word or something. So you'd have to know everyone's lines to be able to do that. And which is just a fantastic... I remember watching it for the first time and like the first time we see all the girls in one room and it's just a barrage. It's just but chaos. But you're hearing everything. Yeah. You're hearing all of it. It's so and chaotic. all of their personality. It's so chaotic, but it's so good. It's so, and it's so real and it, and it feels yeah. so, so authentic to how, <laughs> yeah. how conversations go. You don't have conversations where you're, you're, you speak and then I speak and then you speak and I, we talk over each other right. and interrupt and, and everything like you just did. Wow, thanks. Um, and and so that's I'm what... I'm making the point. <laughs> but I think that's what makes the, the dialogue feel so real, is that overlapping-ness. Yes. And, and I can't... Man, I cannot believe that that's, that's how it's written in the script. That is crazy. Yeah. I think that I was crazy. watching some, like, board that Florence was on with the rest of... Um, the crew and she's like oh yeah I saw I got the script for the first time and I saw and I was like oh that's like that must just be a mistake Greta just forgot to <laughs> put a she forgot to press the return button and oh wow. silly Greta like this isn't gonna be hard at all and <laughs> she really had to work at it obviously and she because yeah. she's up for best supporting and I think Saoirse was up for um, main or just best mm-hmm. actress yeah I remember fantastic I remember seeing it in the theater and, and Florence Pugh and it just leaping off the screen and being like, who is this? And yeah. 
where did she come from so fully formed? Yeah. Just I think because yeah. at that point I knew of her and I had seen like Lady Macbeth or something of her, and I knew that she was. Because I don't think Midsummer was out. If I it was, I don't think so. Out. I feel like that came out I don't afterwards. Think so either. But yeah, I was just blown away by her, and I freaking yeah, she's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, I think everybody is so perfectly cast. Laura Dern as as the mom. I, I don't understand. Laura Dern. I mean, she has so many lines that could be that. If you read the lines, I think they would come across as so cheesy. And some reason when yeah. she delivers them, they're not cheesy at all. I'm, and I was sitting there watching it this time going, how is this not the cheesiest scene ever? And yeah. for some reason, she's the way she captures it. It's just so warm and good, yeah. just good. I think she does such a great job. And back to Florence, because I guess because, again, when I went to see this, I went in blind. I had no idea about. I didn't know anything about it. Um I just knew that it was Greta and the trailer is amazing. Um, I rewatched the trailer and it's just still so good. Really? I, oh, it's just like the first part of Joe like running through and you hear Desplat's theme and okay. the score of this freaking movie is so good. That's another thing that I just cannot get over. Yeah. It's fantastic. I remember seeing um, it in the theater and just having super low expectations and just being like, oh. Oh my goodness. It's a, it's a little women. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I mean, it just sounds so stuffy and flat, and it's a, it's a bunch of girls sitting around screaming and talking and knitting. Ugh. Which, which I guess, but the cast, I was just oh, pumped it was, about, and it was just so amazing. I, I remember going to see this. Um, I have a weird story because I was on an overnight in Peoria, Illinois. And I went to a super cheapo theater. My tickets were like $3. I couldn't believe it. And I went to see <laughs> Uncut Gems, okay. which I despised. I really didn't like it. It gave me so much anxiety, and I wasn't anticipating that. I don't know what I thought it was, but it was too much for me. And I, then I, I went to see this. I didn't even know that was released in the theaters. Oh, yeah. Um, with Adam Sandler? Yeah, I just thought it was released on Netflix. No. No, um, but then I went into this with my, I had a coworker came with me to see Little Women, and I remember having to get myself to stop crying so hard. <laughs> I was like, I don't want her to think that I'm like this weird, but I was crying, like the whole time I was crying. It was oh, so wow. fantastic. But I think the thing, again, I didn't know this going in, but I know it now, where um, with this classic book, everyone despised Amy. Amy March was like the villain of the story because she was always the super whiny youngest sister. I could see that. Who got everything that she wanted and if she didn't, then she's going to burn your novel. You know, all that. And then she's the one that gets with Laurie even though there had been a whole buildup with Joe. So everyone like right. just didn't like her. And then... I could see if you... If you uh did the did the character in that particular way how you could yeah. easily dip over into villain mode which 
I think all of the other adaptations do do They probably do, yeah. Like, it's very, like, Joe is the angel, or maybe not angel, but she's the good guy, and Amy's always the one that's... But with this, and I think I... This is something else that I read from Greta, and she was like, I just couldn't... I remember reading it, and I couldn't understand why everyone didn't like the one person that kept saying like was the most honest she was the one that kept telling everyone exactly what she wanted to do and then she did it i just didn't understand why Hmm. everyone despised that so she made sure to like completely and i think the other thing is is that it's non-linear so you're able to see like oh this is how she was when she was a kid and she was kind of whiny but also she is the youngest and then and we all know what that means (laughs) they're the worst ones Ugh, horrible (laughs) he says as the youngest um it doesn't apply to me so (laughs) the exception yeah um (laughs) so the way she wrote amy and just made her so much more well-rounded likable more so much more well-rounded yeah and even um which again i'm just going back to that again with Greta Gerwig is she's just so able to make 3D people no matter what or like yeah because Beth is always the angelic one who it's like oh no she's like she's gonna have a tragic death and she was the nicest of them or something but she made sure to like and she's probably she she, wasn't always yeah she probably was the most one-dimensional of the of the girls yeah. There there wasn't much else to her, which is okay. Mm-hmm. But but yeah. I, I, yeah. I think even the piano stuff and her with the neighbor, the father. You you kind of you needed that sweetness there for some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. You needed that 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 closeness yes. because it was bringing healing to him because mm-hmm. she reminded him of his dead daughter and stuff. Um but yeah, with with um with Amy with Florence Pugh's character, I mean that was pretty, that was pretty despicable. Her burning the novel, awful. That's and one I, of the worst scenes ever. It's and there's like this, oh. <laughs> that scene. It's so awful, but there's this. Um, I watched another interview and it was with Sersha and Florence, and they were talking about that scene and how like they just they weren't getting it. They weren't getting it, and I think they both decided like. Okay, just attack me. Like, you can hit me. We're going to have a fight. Um, And that's the cut that they used for the movie where they just went at it. And that is awful. And the whole thing where she saves her in the end from drowning, even though it was right after she burned that book as, like, a forgiveness type of thing. And also, she kind of caused her to almost drown. Let's be honest. Well, yes. Because she yes. didn't tell her about the cracked ice and just let her continue walking until she fell in. Then it was like this horrible realization. So Which, even so, even that, yeah. it fleshed her side of the character out that no one is all good and all bad. Yeah, absolutely. There's There was that, but I loved <laughs> right before where Amy is talking to Meg at the table and she's talking about how unfair it is that Joe isn't Mm -hmm. letting her go ice skating. And Meg's like, okay, well how about you just 
go out there quietly, don't say anything, and then once Lori has softened her up, then you can, like, kind of ingratiate yourself into it. And she's like, okay, I'll do that. And she runs out screaming. I know, and it's like, you promised I could come with you. It's like, shut up. No wonder she doesn't want you with her. I would have let her drown, too. Gosh. (laughs) That cracked me. But I also love, so we get... The majority of the time we see them interact, Joe and Amy, they're always, like, at each other's throats. It's always, they're always being awful to each other. Or, like, at one point, Amy gets her foot stuck in the, like, plaster thing that she's making for Lori. And she's like, oh, my God, my my foot's stuck. And Joe kind of, like, turns to the rest (laughs) of the girls and just starts laughing. And then it's, like, it's just always awful. But then we get one scene where Joe had just cut her hair off and she had like made it like it wasn't a big deal yeah. and then that night you see yeah. her and she's crying on the stairs and Amy comes over and she's like what's going on and she's like I'm just really upset about my hair actually and she's like yeah. comforting I love that scene just to show that like Yes, they are sisters and they're they still, bicker a lot, but yep, they're they sisters still, and they still love each other. And there was that and scene and there was another ugh. scene where they just had a real heart to heart and it just cuts through all of that. And it's like, that's yeah. what makes it so, feel so real that yes, we're hated enemies most of the time, but then there are those other times where it's like, I've got your back and we're still mm-hmm. sisters, no matter what. And yes, I love... I love that, and I love that in (laughs) when Beth dies, which is such a good scene, the way that they do it, where, like, before you see that she survived that one time Mm -hmm. on Christmas, and they do the exact same thing, and then it's Laura Dern who's crying, which is just such good editing and filmmaking and directing. It's amazing. But then which this is a little off topic. I just love that like we get that really quick. Like she's dead, but then the next scene we go back in time and it's Meg's wedding and Beth is still alive. And I was like that is really nice of you. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> I loved that we were going to sit in that despair for om- for like a second. Like it's yeah. not too long. It's not too devastating and then oop, she's alive. We get Remember? out of it. Yeah. We we're get gonna out of it. We're going to go back and there's going to be this really happy moment which And I think that was the thing when I was watching it this time, because I couldn't remember. I was like, I know we have all four sisters together and they're all having such a great time, like at three different points. And it's early in their childhood with like the theater stuff. And then during Christmas and whenever their dad comes home, we have them all really happy together. But I was like, I need something where we can see that they are happy after Beth died, Mm -hmm. which we do. We do, like, the very end, that's, like, a happy scene. But even before that, when, back to that one scene where they're, like, touring Aunt March's house and it was left to Joe. Um, it's the three of them and they're kind of, like, jabbing each other a little bit. And then they're having, like, really good conversations. And I was like, okay, like, they're going to be fine yeah. without Beth. And it's, I just love that we got that. And it wasn't, oh, we're sad for eternity because our sister is dead. Right. Why do you think the structure... Of the of the movie because it was it was up for best adapted screenplay it didn't win I think we talked about that last time unfortunately like I unfortunately don't, it's ugh. yeah but why do you think 
this structure of going back and forth between when they were young ladies and when they were adults, why does that work so well? Because that's what, when I remember seeing it, and then the the movie starting with the end of of them as adults and everything, that just was a brilliant choice. But why does that structure work so well? That's such a good question because, yeah, every other um, adaptation, it's all linear. It's straight linear. Which yeah. almost... Which, again, it kind of makes me, I wish I had seen something, like, an original one of the movie before I saw this one, just to, like, have some kind of, um, I don't know, something to base it on. Uh Baseline, thank you, yeah, yeah. Um, But it is so brilliant, and I think it's because, I feel like it helps round out the characters, maybe not quicker, but better. Where, like, yeah, we're going to see them goofing off and having a fun time over here. But then once we're in the future, like, they have to actually grow up and we're going to see them grow up and we're going to see them. Like, we constantly hear Meg talk about how, oh, I don't want to be poor. I'm sick of being poor. Mm. I hate that we're poor. Blah, 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 blah. And then in the future, she's still poor. Yeah. Yep. And there, there's like a there's a point where she makes a dumb financial decision by buying fabric for a dress, Ooh, yeah. which is so hard to watch. And yeah. then her talking to her husband about that, and then it's not like she's blaming him that they're poor. She's just again talking about yeah. how I just am so sick of being poor. But then you see her even grow up out of that, and she's like, "Well, I sold it back, and it's okay. I have the money." I don't need it. We don't need it. Yeah. Yep. Because that's not like we're money poor, but you know, like, yeah, I think this with family and love. I think the immediate juxtaposition between them as adults and them as young ladies is, yeah, is so interesting and so crucial because you see the, the beginning and the end and then everything else kind of fills in those blanks. And how do they get mm-hmm. there? And how do they move from here to here? And and it's just a. I think it also allowed Greta Gerwig to control the high emotional pieces of it. Definitely. You know where Beth dies instead of at the very end of the movie, but more kind of. What two thirds of the way through, maybe something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then have other emotional beats that are just as strong, even as well. And it's. Yeah, because even, like, I think the first time we see old, yeah, it's older Amy, and she runs into Laurie in the park in mm-hmm. London, and I think one of the first things she says is, like, I'm, I was so sorry to hear about what happened with Joe. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so that tells us that they, that they don't end up together, um, but it doesn't even feel like a spoiler, because by the time we get to that, it, it, like, exactly like he says, he's like, we have to have it out, like, we have to have this right. conversation. Which, and I know that Greta had just, she had just done Lady Bird, and that stars Sersha and Timothy together, but their chemistry and the way, I don't, I don't know what it takes to, like, cast two people that you just had in your <laughs> last movie as, like, the right. main characters again. I don't. 
I don't really know what that takes with like a studio or anything. Or if it's like harder, or if it's easier to be like, well, look how much chemistry they had on this. It's going to be better with this. But it was just perfect casting once again. So I think, I don't know, going back and forth between the present and um, the past, it definitely, the editing is just makes it yeah like the part where you can see her it's technically in the past but we're getting really close to the point of like the past becoming the present where she's walking up um to the house that she's going to be teaching at um and that's near the end and you can hear in the background knocking 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 and that knocking is coming from the present and it's him showing up to their house um wherever they live i can't remember but I loved that. Yeah. And it was her waking up and seeing him there. And then later we see that he was the one that was like opening the door to her at the schoolhouse. And that is really good editing. I loved that. That is, that is good. I, I did feel like, uh, and I didn't remember this before, but I did feel like this watching it this time that it drags a little bit in the middle. It, um, it, it just kind of, the it just drops off a bit and i think some of it is concerning uh drunk glory and the whole mm-hmm. big the whole big scenes at the beach those just felt like they went on a long time and it it felt to me like it dropped in the energy the intensity of things i then, i agree with that cuz i feel like this time when i was watching it i was like i like when does the beach happen? I thought that happened like early, but that's like later in the movie. Yeah. Um, beach the beach in the past, where they're going and they're like, Amy meets the guy that she's kind of courting in London, or the one where it's just Sersha and Beth. Uh, Sersha and Beth, I believe. Okay, well you're wrong about that. <laughs> I love that scene. That's like the best where she's like reading her stories to her. And then Beth is like, oh, like when I'm gone or something. And Sersha is like, don't talk to me about no, that. No, I don't think it's that one. It's the, it's the other okay, one. Okay. It's the other one. Okay. Because that. Because I, I agree with that. Because that one, that felt. It just felt. It felt late or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the, the, the other one with Sersha and, and uh, Eliza. Beth. Yeah, Beth. Yeah, Eliza. I mean, that, that. That was you need that part when they're really bonding, yeah, 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 and reading her stuff. But it was the first one, kind of the party at the at the beach and and everything. It was just like, all right, let's let's move on here. <laughs> and I, I just, think, I think really the only thing about that was getting Amy to meet that guy, and she's like, probably so, yeah. Remember my face or something, because I'm gonna come find you in London or. Yeah, I just don't and like. I think yeah. I just don't like drunk Lori. He just bugged the hell out of me. Yeah, every every I, time he was like that, it's like, you're causing so much chaos. Get out of here, jerk. <laughs> uh, the drama that you yeah, are the drama. making right now. Ugh. But I forgot how, I forgot, number one, that Meryl Streep was in it. And number two, I forgot <laughs> how good she was. She's so, yeah. so good. One of her, She's one of her quotes, so good. I may not always be right, but I'm never wrong. I was like, that should be on a t-shirt. That is so good. so good. There was there was this scene where it's at the um, Meg's wedding, and Meg goes in to just like give her a kiss on the cheek, and Meryl, the way she like 
leaps back. And oh, is yeah. Like, oh, no, I, I don't. Mm. And you can see it almost looks like Emma Watson's about to break. Oh, really? It looks like. Oh, it, I didn't notice that. I'm like, maybe it's just like so natural that it looks like she's about to break yeah. because that was such an absurd reaction she... to a peck on the cheek. Oh. But I loved her. And I even. I. She's like that. Bob she's that Odenkirk. old. She's that old. Um, Mrs. Crawley yes, character Downton. from Downton Abbey, the the old, the older Is lady. Uh, I don't know if that's what they call her by, but it's it's the the grandmother. Yeah, McGonagall. Yeah, I can't remember her real name. But it's it's that kind of character, just very yeah, acidic. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, she's always like trying to give everyone all this wisdom mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of sass behind yep. it. But you like Bob Odenkirk? Um, he was the dad in it as well. I I liked Bob Odenkirk. I hated the line when he first comes in and he's like, oh, "My little women." I hated. It's, I was just like, this, "I'm like on getting goosebumps." It was yeah, like nails on the chalkboard or something. I was like, "I bet, <laughs> I bet that is, hundred percent straight out of the book." Oh, it must be. It, it has, has to, to be. be. Yeah. Yeah. If I it's could not, see that. then. There's no way it's not. But I, I loved I, – they were at, like, some dinner or something, and he was, like, talking about – he's like, oh, yeah, like, I would love to go do that. And Laura Dern, she's like, well, maybe you could just, like, stay home and be home. <laughs> <laughs> just have, like, a little bit of a spat in front of everybody. That cracked me up. I, how I, did you feel – oh, yeah. No, go ahead. Go, oh, ahead. go on. I was just going to say, how do you – I always feel – whenever I think about little women, I'm like – I wish Joe hadn't needed to get married or, like, didn't get married in it, didn't end up with some guy. But then I watch it, and I always get to that scene, which for some reason I always forget about that scene with her and Marmy. In the attic. In the attic, packing everything up. And it's her just, like... Maybe I will say yes to Lori if he asks. And she's, like, begging her mom. She's like, give me the answers. Like, I don't know what's going on. That seems like, a would, knife to my heart. It's, and it's so good. And it's just Laura sitting there looking up at her. That's literally all she's doing. And Sersha's, like, going on and on about, like, the women. That's, like, the really good, another, I think there's two really good women monologues. And it's hers there and then we get Florence Pugh's when she's talking to um, Lori earlier but this is the better one I think and but, she's well, just like it's it's the emotional I feel like that's as high of the emotional climax as Beth dying of, absolutely of her saying I don't I don't want to get married I don't need a guy but I'm so lonely so and it's lonely. like oh and you and Laura's like okay, well, do you love him? And she's like, I think I... And the way that she's... The way Sersha just is, like, moving her body and she's, like, trying to... She's messing with her hair mm-hmm. the whole time or something. And she's like, I think I, I want to be loved. That's more important. And yeah. Laura's like, but do you love him? Yeah. Yeah. And that's really where it... Like, that is just such... And then Lori coming back and being married to Amy... That's rough, and that but that saves Joe. That saves Joe from yeah. a huge mistake, and it makes her so it makes her grow up. And I think that's what I mm-hmm. that's what I appreciated about 
the movie. And I, th- I think that's what I was a little worried about when I first went to see it, that, okay, this movie's going to have an agenda. It's going to have a... Um, uh, they're going to revise it. They're going to change it. And all women should be independent and not get married and, you know, all those kinds of yeah. things. And that's not what it's all about at all. It's It really shows all the different capacities and capabilities of women mm-hmm. in all various stages of, of life and choices. And that's what I loved and appreciated about it. And it's I'm that, choosing, I'm it's... choosing a family, but I'm, mm-hmm. I may be poor the rest of my life. I'm choosing not to get married. I, I may be lonely the rest of my life. I'm cho- mm-hmm. you know, all these choices and it shows the good side and the bad side. And that is so gut wrenching in that. It's that. And it's also cause there's that layer of like, and Meg has the perfect line and it's right before her wedding when Joe is like helping her get ready. And she's like, let's just leave. Let's go. Yep. Like we can go we travel get out of here. Let's You're going to be bored. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you should be an actress. And Meg is like, just because my dreams are mm. different doesn't make them less important. It's that line, but yep. it's also like, that's the first layer. And then the second layer is Joe not knowing that she was in the good days. Like she really just wants to live with her sisters again. She just wants everything to go back to how it was Mm. when they were young because she didn't realize that that was like the perfect time for her. And that's I think it's near the end where we see like all of the big um, sets, but they're empty and they don't have the orange glow anymore. And it's like of the window, which is the poster that they look out of. And then I think we see the dining room table and it's just empty. So I think it's. Yes, like, do whatever you want because everything's important, but also it's Joe clinging to yeah. what she thought was important and not wanting to grow up, I guess. that's Yeah, that's excellent insight. I hadn't seen it that way, but that's that's really good. I, yeah, it's... So, and I think, like, her finding this guy, which... Again, whenever I start it, I'm like, oh, yeah, she gets together with someone and it's dumb. But then you get to the part of her of, like, I do actually want to be with someone. So it's not like it's forced on right. her. And that's why it feels so natural and it feels good. It's a relief. Like shows up. Yeah. Yes, exactly. If she had just said, and, if she had just said, um, I, I don't want to, I don't want a guy, I don't want anything and then she would have gotten married or found this guy. I think that would have felt a little weird. But when she yeah. embraces, but I am so lonely. That also communicates, mm-hmm. I don't want to be needy, but I am needy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it just it just softens her so much. Ugh. Yes. That's, that's a great word for it. It softens her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love when he shows up and I love when he asks about the piano and they're all very solemnly like we lost the sister who actually played it but please play it i love i love that part yep, yep. um that whole scene all, oh and that's that's another that was the other scene that i was thinking of when we get like a fun sister scene without beth we see them like right. primping her in the like carriage or whatever to get out there and go get him and yeah i loved that 
It's just perfect. Yeah, it's great. And I... And it's great that that it ends with her chasing after him, running through the rain, which is mm-hmm. is such a, a rom-com trope that that Greta Gerwig just flips and has the woman go running after him in in that day and age when that didn't happen and mm-hmm. and he's like I I I've been waiting. I've been waiting yeah. for this. It's like, "Oh, finally." It's so and whenever I watch it, it always feels kind of weird whenever, because we're getting all that, but then it's edited to go with um, her talking with her publisher Mm -hmm. about the book. And so, even this time, I was like, maybe... Maybe it didn't happen. And that's... Because I was watching it, and I was like, maybe at... This is a, a weird theory, maybe, but maybe when... Again, back to when the three sisters go to Aunt March's house and are, like, looking around. And they're kind of, like, telling her, like, oh, you, sh- you need to write this book. You should write this book. People want to hear about it. You should. Um, it's almost like, at that point, it diverges into what she wrote. Instead of what and happened. Like, yeah, and it's him coming to visit her and then going to get him and then getting him. And then the other part is her writing it. And then going to the publisher to be like, here's the book. And he's like trying to get her to have her married off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she finally gives in. And that's when they talk about all the copyright stuff, too. I so think that's when it feels almost like she is Louisa May Alcott right there writing Little Women. So I think, yeah. I think that's I think that's a completely excellent, valid theory about it the Mm -hmm. only the only thing i would i would throw the only wrench i would throw into that is that the lat the very last scene at the school which is supposed to be the present is the Mm -hmm. only scene that has is the only present scene that has warm colors Mm -hmm. the only warm colors are all this all the scenes in the past and all the present up to that point were very blue and cold so that was the only scene so it feels like that point like everything's coming together and merge mm-hmm. merging perfectly uh and we see her with him so it could be i guess it could be a so, fantasy and that could be a part of the fantasy and then mm-hmm. the other i think because the very very end is her watching the book being made and then they like wipe off the little women gilded gold thing and then that's like the last shot but it's all right? warm colors though it's yeah, still exactly. all the warm, so yeah. also warm so it could just be like the different yeah I don't know. Interesting. But that's, yeah. That's a good theory. And but Louisa I, May Al- I, I what? choose to believe that she found, she found true love. Oh, me too. Joe definitely did. Yeah. I, yeah, that guy was so funny. Um. And Louisa May Alcott, she, when she wrote this book, she did the same thing, and she kept the copyright, which is really what made her the most money because she kept like she wrote a second book and then I think there's also Little Men which I have no idea what that book's about um, and she kept writing and she was the one that took care of all of her sisters and she never got married hmm. so she helped her sisters with their children and she was the one that was taking care of them most of the time so she kind of became Aunt March and wow. she was the breadwinner of the entire family interesting which was, yeah very uh, un- progressive un- yeah un- unheard of in those days yeah back then 
So, yeah. Also, That's I good. just love, I just love, um, the way they wore their scarves. They have them like wrapped around their waist, and it's all tied. I, all of the women do have that at least once. Really? Of the way that they. Oh, that's. I remember watching it for the first time, and <laughs> I was just like, I have to figure out how they did that. I love how they wore those. It, it must have like been very long. Vest. It must have been very long scarves. Yeah, I'm sure they were. I think I just but saw that. Were. I think it probably just thought it, thought it was a vest that they were wearing. No. Um, but yeah, this only one for costuming, which I guess it deserved because those scarves were amazing. It was all the Loved scarves. Those. It was the scarves. But, and I also had to look up because I was like, why didn't, like, what else was up for um, an original score? Because I was like, this was perfect. It had, I loved the score in this. And it was, and it was a big year for scores, so I understand. It was this, Joker, which won. And then we had Marriage Story, 1917, and Rise of Skywalker. Huh. And all of those have incredible scores that I have in my score playlist that I listen to all the time. Interesting. Yeah. Joker. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That was really... Great. So yeah, that was. This will live longer than a lot of those other movies, especially that whatever oh. whatever one, best picture and best screenplay or best adapted screenplay. Oh yeah. It'll it'll. It it will only age better and better. This is a cla- like, it's a classic, and it made the classic even more classic. Yeah. That is. Yep. The skill of Greta Gerwig. Yeah, that's a good point. Hard to do. So yeah, we loved it. Obviously, this it's, is what we thought of should, Little Women. It, w- it would even be worthy of an annual Christmas rewatch. It has that Christmas feel. Yeah, it's a part of my Christmas oh, is it? rewatch. <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to pick it. Of course. <laughs> oh wait, did you did you recognize Meg's husband? Meg. Do you remember who he is? Nope. And he was like the tutor of Lori. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. He's that bad guy in Happy Valley. Oh! Isn't that disgusting? Oh! I know, I know. He uh, ekes me out. Even even watching this and how sweet he is, I'm just like. Oh! I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have you. ever recognized him. I feel yeah. like he was super skinny in Happy Valley, but maybe that's just the costuming. No way. Oh. Yeah, it's probably just the way they dyed his hair or something. Wow! I don't know. What? That's crazy. But yeah, anyway, so that that is what we thought of Little Women. There we go. Um, We will be right back. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with what is making us excited. All right, and we're back. Uh, This is a segment that we like to call what is making us excited. Dad. Yes. What do you got? What do you got? What is making me excited uh, we are recording this right before Halloween, and by the time it gets heard, what is making me excited will already be released and out. Whoa. So my future self is super excited <laughs> about this. But what is making me excited is a new Apple Plus series that's coming on November 17th called 
Monarch colon yes. Legacy of Monsters. Yes. Which is like this offshoot of Godzilla and King and King Kong and Godzilla versus Kong that came out a couple years ago. It's somehow connected in that same universe. Mm-hmm. And we we still have um Jeff Well you know who Monarch is. Yeah, Monarch is the organization that okay, okay. discovered and found the monsters and all that kind of stuff, but and it's still it has um uh so and so Goodman, John Goodman. John. In it. Huh? John, yeah, John Goodman from and he was in Skull Kong Island. Skull Island. Uh-huh. So it must be before weird. that movie? No, because he dies in that movie. Because Skull Island took place in the seventies, so there must there's got to be flashbacks or something. Oh, okay. Um, okay. There's that. There's um, not Jeff Bridges. Um, I just Kurt Russell is in it. So there's oh, okay. got these big names in it, and Godzilla is in it with all these other monsters or something. It's like how is this happening in a I'm TV so series? And it's and it's not on Max, which all the other Godzilla movies are on and King Kong movies are on, which makes no oh, sense I to me at all. Didn't even think about that. So I don't yeah. know how this ended up on Apple, but it's got <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's a huge budget, huge effects. Um, I don't know if Kong's in it. I haven't seen it. If it's just <laughs> it's just a big gigantic question mark, but I am I'd like I'm just so excited that we're living today and we're going to get this. <laughs> and and it's just it's just crazy. I don't understand how this is happening or how it fits in, but I've been obsessed with Godzilla and King Kong since I was a little kid. I remember seeing the 1976 version of King Kong with Jeff Bridges and Jessica Lange and just ah oh, fell in love with it <laughs> all over again at that point. So, anyway, I don't know what's happening with this series or what they're doing with it, but I'm so excited about it. Comes out on Apple Plus, November seventeenth. So and it's coming out weekly. I assume so. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's what Apple Plus normally does. So yeah, I think so. That's how they do other shows. So I, it's just I'm going to be obsessed with it. It's crazy. I yeah, I'm I'm pumped for that one. Um, and then there's there's like a whole oh, other yeah. uh, Japanese themed Kong movie that's coming out around Christmas, or Godzilla movie, Godzilla minus one, that's a big thing Ooh. that's coming out. Nice. And, and then I think in another year or two, there's a whole other Godzilla and King Kong movie, like the official yes. one from Warner Brothers coming out. So it's just like I feel what like I... is happening. Yeah. I know. I I watched that video of them. Announcing the name or whatever, which yeah. is so stupid. What was it? I forgot. Because I, I had it? to. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I remember the visuals, but I don't remember the name. Was it twenty four or made... twenty five? I feel like it was twenty five. Twenty twenty five. Maybe I it... feel like that video came out before any of the strikes, so I feel like it must have been pushed at least until twenty five. Well, I th- yeah, I think it, but I think that the announcement said that it was coming out 24 but i bet it has i bet it will be pushed probably i don't know i think i saw how late like the movie was coming out that i was like i'm blocking Mm. this so i'm not anxious for it you know 
Yeah. I'm just going to forget it's even happening until I'm surprised later on and I have less time to worry about it. True. All right, so that's what's making me excited. Monarch Legacy of Monsters, as well as the entire MonsterVerse, apparently. So, yes. there we go. Apparently. What about you, For Hannah? Me, what's making you excited? Me? I meant to look up if the trailer officially dropped or not, and I forgot to do that before we did this podcast. <laughs> but the Eras Tour, when it was in theaters... um. One of the trailers that came out that was released uh, before the movie started was for Mean Girls the Musical, which I can't, which when it first was like airing before the Eras tour, it wasn't on YouTube or anything. So I was just watching people recording it on TikTok. Okay. That is how I saw that trailer, which it still looks so freaking good. So one, you saw the Eras movie. No, I didn't. Oh. I will at some point, but I I literally can't go to a movie theater. And if I get the crazy people who are like thinking that they're at a concert. That would have been the fun way to see it. That would have been the best way of seeing it. Nope. Nope. I thought that for a second. And then I was like, wait, I hate concerts. Why would I? I don't like concerts. So I don't want to be around people who think a movie theater is a concert hall. And are screaming the lyrics when I just want to hear Taylor. And also, I might want to sing along a little too. See? And I don't want to annoy the people around me. I want to watch it in the comfort of my home. But Taylor is not crossing the picket line. And she will not be releasing it to any streaming service until they get all of the contracts figured out. Which, true. I love her for that. And yeah. it's fine. But... But Give she's not making movie. you. Ex- she's not making you excited. No, I'm sorry. She's not making me excited. <laughs> she chose <laughs> Mean Girls, the musical, as one of like the trailers before her movie. Whatever. But I think it did drop. Is... I th- I feel like I saw the the thumbnail okay. on YouTube, but I didn't watch it. Okay, fantastic. Because I yeah, again, I've only watched really bad quality version of it, but it doesn't matter because it looks so freaking fun. Huh. This is a movie. Based on the Broadway show, based on the movie Mean Girls, with Lindsay Lohan and Rachel McAdams and Samantha Seyfried, and I can't remember the name of the other mean girl in it. But, oh wait, no, I have it written down. Tina Fey. Tina Fey did write it, and she's in the original movie. She wrote the musical also, and then she's also going to be in this musical version of the movie Regina George who on Broadway the original Broadway cast was this woman named Renee Rapp who is also in Sex Lives of College Girls Mm -hmm. and she's hilarious in that but she is redoing her role as Regina George in the movie which I can't wait for that is she one of the mean girls or is she the Lindsay Lohan character first of all the Lindsay Lohan character is also a mean girl um, but she is part of the plastics. She's like, she's Rachel McAdams. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and then we have, this is coming out January 12th. So happy birthday to me. <laughs> um, I can't wait. And I think last year, cause Katie for my birthday usually gets me, we go see a show together. Um, and last year we went to see Mean Girls. What a queen could So I am so excited. That's anyway, perfect. Anyway, so for Katie... The um, the character, not my sister, Katie with a C. We have Angoy Rice, 
who she was in the Spider-Man movies, the new ones. Hmm. She was um, his best friend's like girlfriend for a second when they went off to Europe. She's also okay. in the other guys. Okay. I love her. Regina, obviously we have Renee Rapp. Gretchen, B.B. Wood, which is this girl in Love, Simon. She was our favorite character, Katie and I's favorite character in Love, Simon. Or Love, Victor, I'm sorry. The dumb spinoff show. And then Janice, we have the girl who played Moana, who is Ali'i Cravalho. Oh, that's fun. And I am very excited for her to be Janice. Yeah, that's great. So I think Lindsay Lohan, they're going to have some cameos. Lacey Shebert? Chabert? I don't know how to say her last name. And Amanda Seyfried. They've all been seen on set. Oh, fun. So I don't know if Rachel McAdams has been seen, but I think they might like be moms of okay. some of the girls. Which, so, so a lot of fan again, service to the cult following yes. of Mean Girls. Yes. That's... And it's, from what I can tell, it has all of the songs that the show does, which they're all such great songs, too. So I have not seen that. You, have you listened to it? I think I listened to it once or at least part part of the way through. It's always hard for me to listen to it when I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And I, it's it's the reverse for me with movie soundtracks. If it's a big movie, I <laughs> like Mission Impossible, I like listening to the soundtrack no, first before. Because I like hearing familiar beats in the movie. It's like, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I know what Michael Giacchino called this song. That's right. <laughs> and the pun goes through my mind. <laughs> so, yeah. That, again, Mean Girls coming out January 12th. Very excited for that. That is very fun. <laughs> and that is what is making us excited this time. We're going to take a short break. And then Dad's going to um, make me write. And we're going to see what he's going to assign us for next time. (laughs) Okay, and we are back. And Uh this is our final segment of our show called Last Call, which is where I will be picking what we will be discussing and talking about on our next Mm -hmm. episode. And at this point... Hannah made a prediction at the beginning of the episode that she knows what I'm going to be picked. And most likely she's probably right, <laughs> though I don't don't know what she has written down yet. But yeah. I made her write it down so that mm-hmm. we could prove she was either right or wrong. So uh, when this drops, when will this drop? You always seem to know this. You're keeping track of this better than I am now. Um, beginning I of am, December? But I think it's like... I think it's like right before Christmas. Right before Christmas. Okay. Yeah. So we are going to be watching and listening to and singing along with (laughs) (laughs) one of the newest and best Christmas movies. That I have right. basically been talking about ever since we started this podcast <laughs> a year ago. Uh-huh. And it is 2022's um, movie on Apple Plus called Spirited. Spirited! Spirited! <laughs> 
with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell and a whole bunch of other people. Let's go! And we're going to be dancing and singing and... Yes, we will. Everything. Performing on our I podcast. That wait. is hilarious. You knew that? That I was like, oh, this is going to be the perfect thing for me to pick. Of course I have to pick this. I was like, if he doesn't pick this... <laughs> I tell him what he should have picked. He's going to change his pick. That's exactly I, what's going to happen. I almost did an audible right in the middle and just picked 8-Bit Christmas or something like That's that. Exactly, I, was I was like, it's either going to be stupid 8-Bit Christmas or it's going to be spirited. When he hears me talk about spirited, he's going to change it. Oh, I, no, I was just going to do that just to, just to make you mad. But yes, but we're going to be... Sorry, go on. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just saying, like, what I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode when we were talking about 80s stuff. Yeah. I mentioned it, and I was like, this guy, he better not pick this one. <laughs> yeah, so I've been looking forward to rewatching Spirited all year long. I almost... Me too. I almost pulled it up on Apple Plus the other day just to watch the beginning part or the trailer <laughs> or something. I was like, no, I'm going to hold back. I'm going to hold back. <laughs> not even going to give myself a taste. That's right. That's right. So... <laughs> So there we are. We're going to be talking about that next week. So please um, watch along with us. Watch it in advance yeah. if you would like, or you may want to just listen to what we say about it. We'll mm -hmm. have different opinions, obviously. And uh, thanks for listening. Like and subscribe to our show. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at dukingitoutpodcast at gmail.com. And what else am I, what am I, what else am I missing? Like, subscribe, That's, spread the word. Um, we would, we would love to get more listeners. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm Stacy. I'm Hannah. And this has been duking it out. And thank this, you. The thank you for listening and uh, sticking with us. And this has been produced and edited by our own Katie Campbell. So yes. lovely. Thank you so much, and we'll see. We'll see you next time. Bye.